Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for talking to us and telling us about motherhood. Yeah, it was very informative on the uh, whole milk issue. <laughs> we took turns interrogating her. Does one produce more than the other? I didn't ask that question. Ask that. What's the answer? Here we go. You're welcome, Trailer Park Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited? God damn it, I will kill myself. Worried. Are you worried or excited? An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied. Affirmative. The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness about masturbation addiction. Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so wet. Oh my god, it's coming. Trailer Park Podcast, episode 119. We've been away for a while. Um, I would like to welcome the gentleman to this podcast. We're going to go OG, gentleman style, Daniel. Mm, Nathan, yes. it is good to be back. As a father. <laughs> As a father, would you like to introduce the uh, the other member of the podcast? Let me just say that, I mean, I know I was bringing a lot of really weighted and important opinion before, but now that's gone exponential. Um, welcome back as well, uh, the intern. Oh, hi. I I was going to say I have no weighted input at all. Hmm. Anyway, Nathan. That's probably true. Gentlemen, <clears throat> 119, it's a parent number. It's the mm-hmm. sum of five consecutive primes. It's also a highly quotient uh, number as well. In the yep. oh, in the order of the largest cyclic subgroups of the monster group, I don't know if you knew that. It's the smallest composite number that is le- that is one less than a factorial. Could you elaborate a little bit on the monster group just for the audience? Mm. Let me just click on the monster group here. See if I can give you some feedback about that. <clears throat> um, basically, in the area of modern algebra known as group theory, the monster group, also known as the Fisher-Grease monster or the friendly giant is the largest sporadic simple group that has order. So, ah, okay, good. want to clarify that for everyone yeah. listening. Yeah. <sighs> Riveting. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. The energy, though, <clears throat> the energy of 119 is of independent coexistence, like butterflies sharing the nectar of a flower. It is a kind energy that resonates with compromise and cooperation. It invites discussion and is always available to mend disputes or rifts among members of the team. Mm. Mm. Yes. I, before, I wouldn't have been sure about this very like touchy-feely direction that we've been going with these these sort of takes on numbers. Mm-hmm. As a father, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate some sentimentality. Finding meaning in numbers. Almost like... Everything just seems more important now, you know what I mean? Almost like your insides have been warmed or your heart has been lifted. Yeah. In fact, I just feel compelled. Like, do you guys want to look at some pictures of my offspring or? (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, how I like breaking it to people too. Like, hey, you want to see some pictures of my offspring? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. (laughs) So basically, tonight, gentlemen, it's been a while. So there's been some stuff left on the table. A lot of stuff that got passed by. So I'm just going to throw out some stuff that we're leaving on the table that's been passed by. Anybody wants to say anything about it, say it quickly. Otherwise, we're moving on. Okay? Okay. Dark Waters. Mark Ruffalo movie. uh, Male. Gender bender. Aaron Brockovich. Oh. (laughs) Boring. (laughs) Does it show cleavage? No. No. Waste of time. Dr. Sleep. Sequel Mm. to The Shining. 
I still want to watch that. Yeah. I have not heard good things. Yeah. Uh, Charlie's Angels, zero interest. Zero interest is the, the last like round of Charlie's Angels were kind of notorious for just being like fucking stupid. So what's the theme on this one? Is it just like, oh more of that? Mm-hmm. No, more stupid. Or are we going like kind of like a semi-serious? No. Okay. They probably you in- incorporate social justice and racism into it somewhere. I'm sure it's like heavy, thick, thick with that kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly immigration, like Terminator: Dark Fate. Right. We've left to the wayside. Can we make every movie a lecture? <laughs> is it possible um motherless brooklyn which andrew and i have ac- sorry intern and i have actually seen yeah i was like who yeah who's that guy uh i liked it i feel like i've been thinking about this movie a lot and whether i actually enjoyed it or not but motherless- i did enjoy it wait is my guess is new york a character in this film <laughs> uh do you know do you know anything Not about really. this movie? Does wait? Does Daniel even know what this movie is? No. It's Edward Norton's movie that he wrote and directed and tried to get made for ten years. Oh wait, is this the one where he has like Tourette's? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's oh. already in the cheap theater, and last week it was in the real theater. Yeah, that's where it belonged. Mm. You, can, you can just tell yeah. from him from, from the trailers. You're like, ooh, is this like from Tropic Thunder? Like, are you going too far in this direction? <laughs> he it actually the the Tourette's isn't that bad the the parts where he gets spastic do have that which which you're suggesting mm-hmm. but the other parts of the performance that involve the Tourette's is actually pretty good really good yeah see and, that's, that's what it, that trailer seemed like really schizophrenic because part of it seemed like oh god is this i am sam and then the other <laughs> half was like oh is this like a better the score <laughs> no, no it's no. Not, we're not talking radio here okay the score is i really enjoyed the score Anyway, I forget it. I just remember Marlon Brando was hideous. <laughs> he's at his best. He's like 500 pounds. Yeah, he was tough to watch. You're like, ooh, yeah. God, the neck just eats the chest. Just like sweat dropping off his face. Yeah, you can still tell that he thinks he's the best actor in the room. Yeah, well, he, well, wouldn't he be? I mean, it's just De Niro and Norton. Well, that's true. Wow, just like <laughs> you guys are, you guys are knives out here for, <laughs> for Edward. <laughs> Just throwing throwing everyone under the bus. Wow. Okay. Well, I don't know. So what's it's his like? You don't hear good things about old Eddie Boy, even from the places where he's like relegated to, like uh, the the what's the guy, the stylistic guy, Anderson, Wes Anderson. I'm just saying, you guys, you know, you were you walked right up to Marlon Brando, and you were like, <laughs> <laughs> then you walked over to Edward Norton, and you're like, <laughs> you didn't even look at De Niro. No, he's not worth looking at. <clears throat> Well, well, look at De Niro. He thinks he's an actor. <laughs> where do you, where do you guys want to go? You want to go Q and A, or you want to go uh, uh, grab bag, or you want to go uh, talk about stuff you've watched? What do you want to do? Let Oof. you let you help guide the show. I don't know. You guys, have anything that you just watched that's come off the top of your head? I'm trying to think of anything good that I saw. I've seen a lot of like just bizarre garbage. Did uh, you watch Joker? I have not seen Joker. Oh, recommended. Yeah, very recommended. Um. Yeah, Joker is good. Joker is worth it. Joker, in fact, there will be something in the grab bag about that. Mm. Well, as a father, <laughs> I've not been able to go to the theater lately. Ah. Um, so most of my stuff has been like Netflix and Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched last night a uh, movie on Netflix, a Netflix original called Fractured. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It has uh, Sam Worthington in it. That's correct. Uh, 
I'd put it in the upper tier of Netflix originals. It's right. a bit it's better than the others. Uh, it still has that sort of bizarre sort of soap opery feel that a lot of Netflix movies tend to have. So th- that's still there, but it's 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 better than than the others. It's a it's a thriller. It keeps you guessing for a long time. If you guess the end, it doesn't matter because it's very satisfying. So hmm. I, uh, I recommend that one. One that I did not that I wanted to recommend, but then fell. Oh, okay, there's a show on, on Netflix that I think they stole from TW called Two Sentence horror stories it's based on an internet phenomenon where you can create creepy horror story concepts from just writing two sentences and they turn those two sentence horror stories into like they extrapolate them into an episode so it's That's like uh later hellraisers <laughs> yes yeah um <clears throat> like like something like uh like this like a two sentence horror story an example would be like um my husband kissed me on his way into bed tonight wearing the suit that he was buried in you know what i mean so like just something just like a creepy twist and they were good i was watching them back to back and they, these anthology horror stories that are about 20 minutes long based on these two cents horror stories are they were good and then all of a sudden boom lecture boom smug condescending lecture boom social justice everything i was just like oh <laughs> destroyed itself instantly every episode was uh awful they managed to like equate you know just random violent uh house invasion scenarios with like deportation and illegal immigrants and just every episode just started to like kick on you could just tell they're getting thicker and thicker more and more lecture it was just like jesus can i just watch something just something hmm. <laughs> without someone else telling me i'm a fucking racist well speaking of racism i've been re-watching some 90s movies mm-hmm. and mm. they're incredibly racist oh yeah by day standards they're like they're like shocking but... yeah like i was watching uh lionheart with jean-claude van damme <laughs> <laughs> And it just cuts to his um, black friend counterpart guy that's helping him throughout the movie. He's waiting for him to come from whatever it is he's doing. I forget what he's doing. But he's just sitting by the car with a box of fried chicken. (laughs) And he's just gobbling it down. He's just attacking the chicken. Yeah. And when John Glock gets there, he's like, you want some chicken, man? Oh, it's good, man. It's good. It's real good. You should have some. Real good chicken. Yeah, real good chicken. I didn't even cut off, but I'm black. <laughs> and we were watching Gone in 60 Seconds with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And it is so stereotypically racist. Like, the, the black characters in that movie are awful. The one guy, he's uh, he's teaching driver's ed. And the girl that he's teaching driver's ed to is Asian. And she can't drive. And he's like, pull over, pull over. You cannot drive at all. I remember this. And, yeah. he, and, and, then, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then he says, I'm honest with myself when there's something I can't do. I can't swim, so I don't go near the water. And you <laughs> cannot drive. It's like, what? And then the other black character in the movie is like on top of a roof. They're walking. They're trying to break into the warehouse to get cars. And he's like just talking to himself out loud as like the comical black anecdotal character. Uh-huh. And he's he's saying like, man... I should not be out on the roof right now. I should be at home. I should be smoking weed. I should be doing that. Blah, blah, blah. Like, whoa. Yeah. Like, blah. Like, you're just not out. working. Taking advantage of the welfare system. Yeah, getting it's like, hot. It's like <laughs> blunt, bluntly. Yeah. Just shouting out the stereotype. And everybody's like, ha, 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 in the 90s. Go visit one of my many baby mamas. Oh, man. I've got my eye on it now. Every time I see it. And when yeah. Intern and I did uh, did the Preach episode for A Few Good Men, the sexism, rampant, rampant in the 80s. Yeah. The late 80s, early 90s, 
right i say right in maybe like into the, into the mid 90s you get some real stellar racism because it's like the last time it's acceptable so you kind of feel like they're going balls out with it mm. like I'm, I'm pretty sure that like if you go watch like a friends episode in season three somewhere someone's doing blackface and it's totally acceptable oh yeah yeah that'll happen that's unfortunate i'm uh, also i'm also recommending phoebe waller bridge the shows that she has made fleabag and killing eve oh yeah phoebe waller bridge it's great. Recommended. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm also recommending Art of Self Defense with uh, Jesse Eisenberg. It was good. I forgot about that movie. It was predictable. I, I predicted a lot of what happened in it, but it was still enjoyable. Anna. I, what's yeah. that? Anna. You know that movie with uh, by Luc Besson about the yeah. the assassin girl. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also very good. I enjoyed it as well. Mm. Thank and you. How close was it to Hannah? A mm. similar film. Uh, not no, close at all. Not close at all. Closer to um, Luc Besson's first movie. What was that one called? Uh, La Femme Nikita. La Femme Nikita. Closer to that. Yeah. 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 Also, Chef, starring Jean Favreau and The Chef Show on Netflix. Oh, Jean-Luc Favreau. Jean Jean Favreau. (laughs) Yeah, great. Just fun to watch. Chef is great. Chef is a fun movie to watch. He's he's like he's relatively. I feel like if there's a if he's involved in a movie and it's like control of that that film's production quality, I feel like we're gonna be okay. Yeah, he seems to do a pretty good job if he's involved in 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 like directing or or executive producing. Everybody loves him. Seems that way. People work for him for free and stuff. They just love him. Yeah, he does like little bit parts in all the Marvel movies. Yeah, I'd like to uh, do a shout out to Remembrance Day. What I watched on Remembrance Day, which uh, was. Jojo Rabbit. Oh, uh, it was very good. I really like laughing at Nazis. Um, and Parasite, which is the guy who did Okja. Is that foreign? Yeah, it's uh, South Korean. It was very good. So I have to read it. Yep, <laughs> definitely have to read it. What is it? What is it about? So uh, this family, they live like they all live together, and none of them have a job. And the one kid. His uh, buddy who goes to university is like tutoring a girl and he gets him to take the job tutoring this girl from this rich family. And the one son who goes to tutor her ends up getting his whole family a job at this house. So their family ends up like moving into this house and they become a parasite. Um, But it's got, you know, the twists and turns that uh, this director has. So he did... uh, Horror film? Not really. More like a thriller, okay. a drama thriller. Um, but it's the same guy that did uh, that train one uh, with Chris Evans. What the oh, fuck? Is... Yeah. Okay. Anyway. There's some like dark element to it. Yeah. I really enjoyed all the movies I've seen that this guy's done. But uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was just really good. And Jojo Rabbit was was actually really funny. Like I... almost all of it. Oh, wow. That was like that was like the opposite of what I've been hearing. Well, depends yeah. on your sense of humor and who's in the theater, I guess. Well, I just, no, I just heard overall that it was a much more serious film than the Oh, the, sure. The, the trailer's lit on. It, it was very serious, but I laughed in that movie more than probably any movie I've seen in the theater. Oh, that reminds me of when I went to uh, Eyes Wide Shut in the theater. And yeah. you were just laughing the whole time? No, <laughs> but, like... there was, but there was things that made me laugh in Eyes Wide Shut, and we were watching it in the north, and everyone in the, the theater appear, apparently seemed to be... A Christian or something, and they were like all super offended by what they were watching, and they were all quiet, and people were shooting us dirty looks for laughing. <laughs> we were the only people laughing. Lily Sobieski bursts out of a closet, bloodied, 
probably raped, but she's like thinking <laughs> about something. You're just like, <laughs> <laughs> no, we were just like laughing at the fact that he was opening up this underworld, you know, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, holy shit. That is way more crazy than I thought it was going to be. How's Tom Cruise going to fuck his way to the bottom of this? <laughs> Does Tom Cruise fuck? I feel like it's just like smooth, like Ken doll. You have to go back to uh, Top Gun to see him. And yeah. Joseph Bush? No, I just, I don't remember Tom Cruise having sex in a movie. Yeah, because he doesn't. Unless it's Top Gun with Kelly McGillis scene and uh, Love on a Real Train in Risky Business. There were sex scenes there. The Jerry Maguire sex scene, they didn't really, I mean, they took each other's clothes off a little bit and then boom, to morning, right? They just skipped over it. Yeah, once he became like a sexless alien. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. After the Scientology like really took root, that's when it like he became very asexual. Like he's charming and funny, and there's usually a woman around, but he's not usually fucking her. Oh wait, no, he fucks uh, John Travolta's wife at the beginning of Jerry Maguire. They like storm around the apartment breaking things. <laughs> yeah, and Magnolia he talks about cocks. Don't you remember that in in Jerry Maguire? She's like, "Don't ever stop fucking me." Oh. <laughs> 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 the scene only matched by uh, Annette Bening in uh, American Beauty. <laughs> what did she say? You're the king. Fuck me, your majesty. Yeah, you're... <laughs> oh, I think I actually have that. We should probably do that. Mm. <gasps> Alright, we'll have to recreate it. Alright. Like getting nailed by the king. Yeah, that's a good segue to the grab bag. Okay. Ooh, the grab bag sounded sad and empty. <laughs> I want to. I feel this inclination to like join you, even though I'm not a father, and say like, "Well, Daniel, as a father." <laughs> As a non, as a non-father who's thought about being a father, as uh, I feel like I've I've brought fatherdom to the podcast, so all can share freely. Now. <laughs> all right, very quickly, Joker. Yeah, most uh, most profitable superhero movie ever made because they didn't spend that much money making it, right? And it has grossed a billion dollars. See, that's what DC should be doing. That's what DC did. This is DC. Right. I know. That's what. I, that's that's that should be their thing from now on. That's how they fuck Marvel. Is they take the horror strategy? Yeah. We put three million into it, made a billion dollars. What do you guys do? <laughs> yeah. oh, you, made a, you made a billion off of your five hundred million dollar movie. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. <clears throat> this next story, though, deeper in the bag. Deeper in the bag. Uh, sounds more substantial. Yeah. <clears throat> is uh, is interesting. So Joe Blow reported that actor James Dean had been cast in an upcoming Vietnam War film, despite being dead. For almost six and a half decades, this film is going to bring James Dean back to life through a combination of CGI, motion capture, and archival footage. Oh, this should not be allowed to happen. Yeah, I've, I've heard about this abomination yet. And, a, and an actor will provide the voice of James Dean. And then all these actors started freaking out. Like Chris Evans tweeted, I'm sure he'd be thrilled. 
This is awful. Maybe we can get a computer to paint us a new Picasso or write a couple new John Lennon tunes. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Chris. Well, well, I don't know if I... You might want to need to cool it a little bit, Captain America. <laughs> but yeah, no, he I, wasn't I, gifted. I get his, I get his point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it, this was coming a long time ago. Where was your outrage at all this other crap that's been going on? Uh, where was your outrage when they were having actors in commercials redo the famous scenes from their own movies, but add the advertisement into it? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of commercials that went that, that did that. Was like late '90s or early 2000s, and people fucking lost it. There's a lot of stuff that's been trending towards this. A few Star Wars movies just did digital work to cover up the death of people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that's one I saw. Like uh, three quarters of uh, the Last Jedi. Yeah. Well, and the next one's gonna have a whole movie of it. They're gonna keep Carrie Fisher in the movie. Oh, she's in the trailers. Oh she? my fucking god! It was really weird watching her. Yeah. Okay, I got something for the intern here. Okay. All right, Robert Eggers news. Do you know about this? No. Robert Eggers, that's the director of The Witch and The Lighthouse. His next movie is called The Northman. Oh, I did know this. It is a Daniel Viking revenge saga. Is there going to be any calming? It will be, but it'll be like a somber background uh, uh, soundtrack, and then the foreground, just brutal, brutal violence. (laughs) It is attracting quite a cast. Some are recurring from his previous films. We've got Nicole Kidman, Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor-Joy, Bill Skarsgård, and Willem Dafoe. You do need the Skarsgårds. You do need a Dafoe in there. Yeah. Um, Solid. Have you guys seen Lighthouse? Do you want to grab a couple of uh, the... Was it the, the the Thor brothers? What are they? The Hemsworths. Yeah, probably grab a couple of those. <laughs> Just uh, throwing throwing some Hemsworths. I think there's three of them. Uh, I saw with, with the third one, and it, it was no good. We'll take the first two. Uh, <laughs> Luke, <laughs> you're talking about Luke Hemsworth? I can't remember what it was called. It's called like Infinity, the movie or something. Hmm. And it was uh, it was garbage, and he was terrible in it. it was like Ian Hemsworth, <laughs> something like that. Mm. There is four brothers, so I don't know if they all act, but. Well, um, they can for Baldwin. the Norsemen. Yeah. I thought there were four Baldwins. I learned it now. There's like seven of them. They, just, <laughs> they proliferate over time. Yeah, I just knew the main ones. There were the main four that actually got exposure, Alec, William, Stephen, and Daniel. Right. I remember William being like, hey, remember him? He was two movies before Alec. And then Alec came in and kind of took over, and William went to the side. <laughs> and Steve came in and started doing a bunch of straight-to-DVD crap, and then they went Christian. And then I always remember Daniel Baldwin because he was like the fat one that did like the softcore porn. (laughs) (laughs) And no, we haven't seen The Lighthouse, but we know it's good. You've told me it's good. Daniel, The Lighthouse Um, is apparently good. I'm sure it is. Oh, yeah. I think you will both like it. Yeah. Intern came to visit us and he was like, I've seen The the Lighthouse. And then it was really great. (laughs) (laughs) Slow down, intern. Oh, That's I how got, I communicate my happiness. I got one last you, thing for Daniel. I have blackface. One last thing for Daniel before we move on. Um, Wes Craven's estate has uh, uh, regained the rights to A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, so, oh good for them. Blum, 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 Blumhouse won't uh, take it 
dick around with it and fuck it up. Oh, the guys that well, what, what happened? To, who did uh, what happened to Anchor Bay? Oh, you mean Platinum Dunes? Platinum Dunes is what I mean. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Anchor <laughs> Bay. I'm like, you mean Michael Bay? You mean Platinum Dunes? There you go. I think you Platinum Dunes is like producing some of the Blumhouse stuff, and I don't know. I just think it's better if Wes Craven. I think if if his family has some control, hopefully it'll steer in a better direction than it would have had they not been involved. Maybe. I've heard uh, Robert England very famously has said he'd be willing to come back to do some stuff. I guess he's bored. Um, and then just, I guess, statistically, Wes Craven does make the money for the franchise. I think one, three, and seven are the ones that made all the money, right? That was all him. Hmm. Well, they've uh, they got to figure it out because it's a franchise worth revisiting if they, you know, don't fuck it up. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even really even see how they could fuck it up. Like, it's been so... F- it, its original form is so fucked up <laughs> that you can do whatever you want with it. It's been every iteration of every embarrassing thing already. So, like, go nuts. There should be three new Freddy franchises in existence right now with separate timelines. I want Johnny Depp to be Freddy. I want Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. He looks like him. Have you seen him lately? <laughs> a couple more, a couple more uh, safety pins. Mm-hmm. Do an old version of it, though. Bring Langenkamp back. Make... Make Johnny Freddy. Let's do it. I'll just read, re, like redo everything. Mm. Langenkamp plays uh, her father's role as sheriff. Uh, <laughs> there and should be there should be a serious version, a comedy version, and like a noir version, all existing at the same time, right now. Into the Spider Verse goes Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Verse. Can't you see it like that? That like the cartoony Freddy from like parts three and four and five, like him coming into contact with like real brutal violent freddy and like him wanting to do like a cartoon like comic book motif like what do you think if i like kill him with paper cuts does that make sense and the other guy's like just raping a kid (laughs) (laughs) do whatever you want (laughs) i'm just picturing freddy on like the married with children set right now daniel there are some really important questions that Nathan needs to ask you. <laughs> okay, so I've got uh, just a few questions, a few quick questions for you tonight. Okay. Um, what does the phrase knives out mean? Uh, is it like claws out, like ready to fight? It means Michael Jackson is going to whip out his knife, tie the hand together, and have a knife fight. Why does it involve Michael Jackson? I'm just thinking of his music video. And knives? Yeah. Not his, Which music not video? His was, penis? was it bad or, or beat it? His penis. <laughs> the knives? Knives. It makes sense that he would have knives on his penis. <laughs> well, according to... New, new kind of horror film. According to Merriam-Webster, it is used to say that people are ready to blame or punish someone for something, often in a way that is unfair. Oh, knives out. (laughs) Uh, Question two, what is the Le Mans race, and what makes it different? Uh, It's a silly car race that takes place over a few days. Yeah, doesn't it have like a navigator? What makes it different is that it does not have a traditional finish line. It's not a race from here to there. It's a race based on distance over time. You have to travel the farthest distance in 24 hours. And whoever travels the farthest distance in the time allotted is the winner. Interesting. Yes, it's actually a fascinating uh, race that I've been learning about. 
And number three, uh, 87 children with imaginary friends were interviewed. What percentage of those children that were interviewed acknowledged that they were aware that the imaginary friend was not real? A, 100%. B, 0%. C, 77%. Or D, 54%. D. I wrote 77. Daniel's correct. So that means 23% of the children either weren't sure or thought it was real. Isn't that crazy? <clears throat> and those 23% were properly dealt with? <laughs> <laughs> well, as a father. As a father, I just want to make sure they were put down humanely. Right, yeah. So the other thing we're going to do before we go into the lineup tonight is um, I, I shared with you some some quotes uh, from some critiques um, from Rotten Tomatoes. I'm calling it Rotten Reciprocity. Okay. And I just want us to be aware that these things were said about these movies. So there's five things that were said. And I'm just going to, we're going to try to piece together which one was for which movie, or I'm going to get you guys to do that. As we go through the trailers, you might be able to be like, hey, this is uh, this one or whatever. Okay. Okay. So the first one is, the more we learn about the main characters, the less we believe they do the things they do. And the next one is, the unfiltered dose of millennial angst needed a more adept conduit than this cartoonish misfire can muster. Oof, that's, uh, I call foul for vocabulary abuse. <laughs> <laughs> the third one is simply, it's missing a soul. Number four is, touching at times, this is a neatly wrapped tale about immigrants, upper class entitlement, and Trumpian politics. Oh, great. The next one, or the last one, the structure at least breaks up the really dry bits with the really upsetting bits. So that's something. <laughs> We're dealing with uh, 81%, 62%, 90%, 92%, and 97% tonight. That are some pretty high percentages. One could say that those kind of percentages all together in the same episode could be the best lineup that we've ever had. What do you think? You guys agree? Yeah. Well, you keep like digging deep for these statistical ways to prove that it's the best <laughs> lineup we've ever had. When really, it's more so that our word is infallible. Therefore, every episode that we claim it, it is therefore true. So this is all just unnecessary. Gildy Mid Lily. Here we go, gentlemen. Trailer number one. <laughs> Knives out. Knives out. Here we go. Harlan started out with a rusty Smith Corona and built himself into one of the best-selling mystery writers of all time. 30 languages, over 80 million copies sold. You guys fans? I mean, I don't do much fiction reading myself. Big but... fan. I'm a big fan. Who is that guy? Uh, Mr. Blanc is a private investigator of great renown. I read a tweet about a New Yorker article about you. You're famous. The night of his demise, the family had gathered to celebrate your father's 85th birthday. <laughs> and your son, Ransom, did he attend as well? Yes, but he left early. I think Linda was upset. Walt would get a little Irish courage in him. He'd get into it with Harlan. What? 
Richard said what? Are you baiting me, detective? Attempting to be thorough so we can figure out the manner of death. You mean if someone killed him? You think one of us, one of his family, Walt, Walt. killed him? Mr. Blanc, I just buried my father who committed suicide. Why are you here? I suspect foul play. I have eliminated no suspects. Harlem was cleaning house. Everyone in the family has possible motives. Was Holland planning on cutting off Joni? Did he plan to fire Walter? Is Richard having an affair? That's some heavy-duty conjecture. Funny, Ransom, you skipped the funeral, but you're early for the will reading. Up your ass. Very nice. Oh, Ransom. 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 You gotta do this more often. The family is truly desperate. When people get desperate, the knives come out. This is a twisted web. And we are not finished untangling it. Not yet. I keep waiting for the big reveal. All of them lied to me. There is one guilty party behind it all. You know something. Spill it. Oh my God. Tell me what happened to my grandfather. I think you have something you want to tell me. Nathan, lead us off. Worried or excited? Well, what do we have here? We have a two-hour and ten-minute PG-13 Clue-style movie. We have Daniel Craig playing, um, I guess, his rendition of Poirot. 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 The greatest detective in the world. That he's doing more of a Beauregard, you know, you know. Yeah, I suspect foul play. Foul play. Foul play. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what do we got here? Jacob Trombay, the preppy grandson in the film, who's always on his phone, was a character influenced by the trolls and man babies that voiced their criticisms online over writer-director Rian Johnson's Star Wars: Last Jedi. See, <clears throat> oh, he's all butthurt about that. <laughs> Do you do that? Do you do you? Has Rian Johnson? Um, does he have a brand, or is he trying to make a brand? What when directors do this, it causes me pause. From the director of Star Wars: Last Jedi and Looper, like, do you put those two things up there to say from the director of this and that because those things were so amazing? Looper was decent, but I'm not sure you should be trumpeting about the Last Jedi. And then it says a Rian Johnson who done it. It's like he's right. trying to create a brand of himself or something. Right. Yeah. First of all, fuck is Rian Johnson. Uh, second, yeah. Do you advertise? Uh, oh, he made this uh, sci-fi epic, so you know he's going to really nail this. Who done it? <laughs> well, from, see, he should have said, "Guy who ruined your childhood." He should have said, "From the director of Brick and Looper." Because there we go. Brick was a was a who done it, and it was done in a very cool way with very little money. Like, hey. That's where he's pulling his brand from. Is from Brick, and they didn't even mention it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's see here. Brick didn't make five hundred million dollars. Okay, so which one do you think this? The which quote do you think is from this movie? All oh, right. Think about that. I'm gonna say I'm excited about it because I like whodunits. I like uh, all these different people in it. I'm really focused on this uh, speech pattern stuff right now because of you know podcasts I'm listening to, and Tony Collette has 
has a vocal fry. Yeah, she's doing the vocal fry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's that's like the modern day version of the Valley Girl. So she's like, yeah. I read a tweet uh, about an article. Unfettered dose of millennial angst needed a more adept conduit than this cartoonish misfire can muster. That's not correct. Well, yeah. no, yep. it's, it's six or ten. Uh, no, it's actually the touching at times. Oh. This is a neatly wrapped tale about immigrants, upper class entitlement, and Trumpian politics. There's really? more. I I pulled that I pulled that out of context because I was trying to be confusing. <laughs> hmm. That that's that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. <clears throat> so what's it from you? Oh, I said I was excited because hmm. I want because I because I find um, this stuff interesting. I wanna I wanna watch the Who Done It. I wanna see if it delivers on all of its fun. Complexity. I like Michael Shannon. I like Daniel Craig. I like Chris Evans in there. Anna de Arms is kind of rising up. Jamie Lee Curtis is in there. This is I don't know. I don't think you can ignore this cast. You can't. You can't ignore this cast. And I was actually this is a better trailer than the previous one. The previous ones, I don't know. But even with this trailer, there's something about this movie that just turns me off. I don't know what it is. Is maybe it the vocal he's fry? Maybe it's coming out that, that he's coming out of the gate trying to pretend like he's bigger than he is, saying this is like another classic who done it. You know, it's going to be good because it's got my name on it. That's irritating, but there's just something about it. It's like all the actors are acting. They all got their parts where so they're like, all right, you're the uh, over the top. You're the sister that's like all about social media and like talks like this. You're Professor and, Plum. Yeah. And then you're like the curmudgeon and you're like the stable family guy that gets shit on all the time and he's harboring a dark secret like everyone's acting they got their roles and it's like uh, I can't the full I don't, I don't know if I can do it especially after reading this bunch of, I listen to a bunch of Trumpian political backlash nonsense the full quote is touching at times this neatly wrapped tale about immigrants upper class entitlement and Trumpian politics flawlessly refreshes the murder mystery genre yeah it was the fact that he mentions that at all that it's a, there's a tale about it that I have to be lectured again about something. No thanks. There's going to be too many pieces moving around for them to lecture, though, right? Too True. many, too many characters, too many events. Is I think my biggest problem with this is Jamie Lee Curtis, and I really didn't like the last Halloween movie. Yeah, at least saw, and saw now a bit I think she's she's too big again already. They want I don't know uh, murder on the Orient, Orient Express. And it looks more like noises off. Mm, mm, ooh. Yeah. Oh, oh, gold. What do we do? What do we do when you hit gold? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. He punched us in the face with that one. That's a worry for me. Okay. <laughs> and uh, intern, are you going to uh, be I'll worried? Say as I'm excited per- and ready to be let down. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, worried. Hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited, ready to be disappointed. I'm worried, hope I'm wrong. Okay, good job. <laughs> All right, trailer number two is Ford v. Ferrari. V. Ferrari. Here we go. Look out there. Out there is the perfect lap. You see it? I think so. 
Most people can't. Daryl Shelby. Maybe. Lee Iacocca, Ford Motor. Suppose Henry Ford II wanted to build the greatest race car the world's ever seen to win the 24 hours of Le Mans. What's it take? Well, it takes something money can't buy. Money can buy speed. What in about speed? We need a pure racer behind the wheel of your car. That's Ken Miles. I don't trust him an inch. We heard he's difficult. No, no, Ken's a puppy dog. No, whatever it is, Shell, no. Trust me. You're gonna build a car to beat Ferrari with a Ford. Correct. And how long did you tell them that you needed? Two, three hundred years? 90 days. <laughs> This isn't the first time Ford Motors has gone to war. We know how to do more than push paper. Go ahead, Carol. Go to war. Thank you, sir. Do you think you can beat Ferrari? Rocket control. We're lighter, we're faster. That don't work, we're nastier. Make history. You ready? I was born ready, Mr. Shelby. Hit it. <laughs> Intern, worried or excited? Now, normally, I'm going to say I don't get very excited about cars and films about cars. But as a father. <laughs> but as a father, uh, I, I am interested in this film. And it's mostly just the relationship between Shelby and Miles. And I want to see them fight. And I want to see, uh, you know, someone's wife pull out a chair and watch them fight like children in the backyard are we going to get a wife crying on a telephone scene i don't think so interns referring to the other trailer for this movie he's apparently easily entertained by the oh i am i am by we the, saw by the funny the face he's a few he's a huge the martian fan so anytime that matt damon is being quippy or saying stuff or monologuing he's like <laughs> You know what I do find interesting <laughs> is the uh, Damon Affleck thing where we all talk about uh, Damon winning this imaginary contest. But Ben Affleck was in Gone Girl and Argo, which are arguably two better films than anything that Matt Damon has done like since uh, Good Will Hunting. Well, if, if you take into account like PR and public perception, then... Affleck's out, right? He's sticking his fingers up girls' assholes, getting divorced on live TV. But he's done he's better fucking work. He's, fucking he's going in and out of rehab. He's got... He, he's a trash bag. That doesn't matter. He's an <laughs> internet meme for depression. You know what? I'm worried 
that Affleck wasn't. Why are in we this. talking about Ben Affleck? <laughs> I don't know. Ford it's v a, Ferrari. It's directed by James Mangold. Oh. I mean, can he burst into this movie like in a, like half dressed in a Batman costume, drunk? Oh, that'd be great. I'd be all over it. Um, no, this looks like fun... it's going to be quality. They're going to push it for a bunch of shit awards at Oscars. It's going to win all the same awards that uh, that other dumb movie won, where they did a car race for the whole movie. What was that? I can't even think of the name of it. It's Rush. So disgusting. Huh? Rush. No. Drive driven. No, not that. It's the best action movie of all time, apparently. Oh, Mad Max. Yeah, that one there. Mad Max. Fury Road. Uh, anyway. I hate him. I couldn't tell what was, what was happening through the thickness of his facetiousness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happens. I'm, uh, I'm worried, I guess. I'm worried. <laughs> worried, despite uh, loving the banter mm. between Bale and David. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Movie was formerly titled Go Like Hell and was going to possibly have Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt in it. Oh, no. <clears throat> I could have seen that pairing as just as well. Yeah. Days of Thunder 2. PG-13. Daniel, I like Diggs. I like Diggs. Yeah. Tom Cruise is just running. Two hours and 32 minutes. Oh, see that? I can get behind. <laughs> According to Matt Damon, Christian Bale had to lose 70 pounds before filming began. Of course, they didn't ask him to. They're like, Bale, Bale, it's fine. Your character doesn't need it. And he's just losing weight. <laughs> he, he gained he, a lot of he weight. He just came out and said he's not going to do that anymore he, for any more films. He, he, just, he just did Vice before this. So he yeah. bulked up, so he had to lose all of it. Anyway, so, anyway, uh, I'm going to carve up a little bit of history here. I don't know, because I've been reading about this Le Mans business. Apparently, do you guys care if I possibly ruin this movie? Because <laughs> I've read things about oh, the real no. story. <laughs> Why would you do that? Okay, I won't do that. But I will tell you that Ken Miles died like two months after this, the events of this movie, testing out a different Ford car. So Ford, like is celebrating Ken Miles in this movie, but they killed him two months later. Yeah, his passion killed him, Nathan. He's, he's the reason why roll cages were installed in the, <laughs> in the cars, because he died instantly. Anyway. He was, yeah, grotesquely decapitated. As a representative of Ford Motors Company, I'd like to say that his passion killed him. <laughs> <laughs> After reading about this race, I'm actually going to say excited, because I'm interested to see what they do with it i'm 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 saying excited but i'm ready to be um upset about them manipulating this because it can't be about america first of all i'm gonna i'm gonna ruin that part it can't be about usa versus italy it's ford versus ferrari and if they go anywhere near america i'm gonna be upset i'm gonna tell you why it's inherent i'm gonna tell you why you want to know why why because america an, an american team won the Le Mans the year before this with a Ferrari. <laughs> so it can't be yeah. about America doing it. It was embarrassing, it. and we came back and fixed it. America, but Americans won with a Ferrari car. Right. We're saying we can, do, we can win this race with your car. We can win it with our car. Either way, we're going to win this race is what we're saying. Okay. Well, I hope, <laughs> I hope they sell it properly. I hope they sell it that way. I hope they don't try to hide right. the fact that... We need us to go make up our own car from scratch and come back and beat you with it? All right, we'll do that. It's about Ford. It's about Ford doing it. It's also, I think, about the birth of the muscle car, really, and Ford's genesis and all that. American invention, yeah. Yeah, like my dad, you know, will really enjoy this movie. Right. And then I read some fun comments. Some fun comments I read were, finally, a racing movie that's actually about racing and not guns and heists and dogs and Vin Diesel. (laughs) Oh, you know what? That's probably why... 
I would end up liking this. <laughs> a real car movie with a rich history and my favorite brand of all time, Ford. I got really Ugh. sick and tired of that Fast and Furious bullshit of them driving through windows on the 130th floor of a building in Dubai. And now Cardi B is going to be cast in the next one. <laughs> I want to see Cardi B fucking launching a Lamborghini from skyscraper to skyscraper. That's a racing movie. You want to see like a, a racing, quote unquote, racing movie. I don't know. What is There's one with Anthony Hopkins where he's like an Indian in the desert or something. And then there's a... Oh, yeah, that was a good movie. There's like a 90s movie about solar racing cars and kids. Uh, I don't know. Take your pick. There's lots of lame ones. Yeah, I think Rush would probably be the closest the closest example of what this would be like. Um, so what is the quote that we're dealing with here? Good question. What do you think it is? Uh, the structure at least breaks up the really dry bits with the really yeah. bits. <laughs> that's what I think also. That's something. Uh, the answer is it's missing a soul. Oh, okay. So it's all quippy banter and... Uh would be there's no soul inside a car realistic racing one of my favorite rotten tomato ratings one of the rotten ones was uh uh they did in 150 minutes what they could easily have done in 90 (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like something uh daniel would put in there Mm -hmm. this good two-hour film would have made a great 90 (laughs) (laughs) two hours and 30 minutes i will not be going to the theater for it that's for sure I know it's it's funny too because the the trailers make this movie look kind of attractive. Like it looks kind of fun, mm. it looks fast. You know, it's got that good like uh, underdog champion story. If you don't think too hard about the actual you know surrounding events in this story, um, so it's it's almost like it'd be a, a great movie that you caught hung over at a hotel. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. You might even cry to it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Like not not weep, but just like drop a tear when oh Biden sure okay yeah, yeah. or whatever. The no, that ha- yeah. No, I'm thinking about miracle. That, that's another one of those. Uh, hey, this other country did it ten times before we did it, but then when we did it, everybody got emotional. That's right. Now it matters. Yeah, now it matters. Uh, I'm I don't know. I'm torn on this. It's nice to see Bale speaking in his natural voice. Mm-hmm. But as a but as a father though, that's what he is. As a, as a father, I can't uh, stand <laughs> to listen to him. I wouldn't let him near my children. <laughs> But <laughs> I was like, "Stop! He's gonna make you go anorexic." <laughs> um, and then he can't understand what he's saying. This is like his his like crooked overbite, and uh, all I, oh, that's this brings up another thing that I should have mentioned earlier was that I uh, introduced Amanda to her first viewing of American Psycho. I've never seen it. Never seen American Psycho. Oh, it, it, you should go back. You should watch it. You, I think, I think you and interns should watch it together. I think you guys would laugh really hard. I remember not liking it at all when I saw it, but that could have been my younger self. I almost walked out of this when I, when I, when I saw American Psycho in the theater. I almost walked out. I saw it yeah. 10 years later and was like, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant movie. Amanda thought it was brilliant. She thought it was hilarious. We were cracking up, watching Bale just be a psychopath, watching him, uh, watching a, a, a beaten prostitute race down the stairs of his apartment stairwell to get away from him and he's at the top in his underwear no he's naked with like bloody high uh, white sneakers on and he's just watching her go down the stairs in the spiral and he's got a chainsaw and he's following her with the chainsaw and then right as he like sees her get to the bottom he drops it and it just hits her and he just goes ah he just starts yelling and laughing and screaming he's so proud of himself <laughs> well, that's all i could see now when i see him is him being overjoyed at murdering a prostitute. That's Bale to me, though. I believe that's him in real life. I'll have to check it out now for sure. Like Bale in real life, probably kill a couple of prostitutes. <laughs> uh, that said, I'm uh, worried. I don't uh, watch movies with uh, 
Prostukulars. Trailer number three. Our fulcrum for 119 is uh, titled Daniel Isn't Real. Okay, I see what you guys are doing here. <laughs> is this movie even real? Daniel isn't real. Here we go. It's common for people to see things that aren't real. Have you ever seen things like this before? I had an imaginary friend when I was a kid. His name was Daniel. He was my best friend. He was my only friend. It's kind of a strange notion, but maybe you should try to connect with that part of yourself again. You needed my help. Last time I saw you, you were this kid bursting with imagination. You need to break out and live. I bet you can get a phone number from any girl at this party. You're a painter? You're an artist too, Luke. I do photography sometimes. I'm here because you're here. I'm part of you. What's that thing uh, behind me? Your shadow. I saw something full of danger. Mystery. He's taking over. He's making me do things that I don't want to do. You did this. I imagined it. I can make you go away. Daniel is simply an aspect of your mind. I'm scared of what I could do. When you painted me, you saw a shadow. What did he look like? He's weak. He's lonely. And he's nothing without me. Daniel, are you worried or excited about uh, Daniel isn't real? Real mind trip. <clears throat> I actually didn't. Uh, before I go to say anything, did I see Patrick Schwarzenegger? Yes, this is the that's, son of Arnold. That's is all this, I can think about. This is the the son. Uh, one of the sons, yeah. Wait, wait, one of his ones with Shriver or with uh, with the maid? <laughs> with Shriver, <laughs> the okay. the maid one actually looks more like a bodybuilder. Okay, so this is like legitimate Schwarzenegger kid. Yeah, legitimate. What? They're both legitimate. Well, the other one's like a snow. One's I mean? one's a ba- yeah, one's a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but the bastard looks more like like a like a Mexican version of of what uh, Arnold was at that age. Bodybuilder, like a tan Arnold with like a like a thin mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't have a mustache. He's got a, a broader nose, and he's uh, but he looks thick. He looks like he's gonna be. He he could be a. He speaks a, Spanish with a German accent. Bodybuilder. That would be hilarious. Or Austrian accent. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean excited, even though there's a good chance that I might not see this movie for years. Um, it's got all the psychedelic trip out stuff that I like. Uh, I saw a lot of great visuals in there, really disturbing visuals. Um, sort of got like a 
indie fight clubish type of vibe to it where his his friend or his imaginary friend Daniel from his childhood is called back and it slowly takes over and forces him to be crazier and crazier and crazier I guess is the is the general premise yeah there's a lot of ways they could go how, how long is it one hour 36 minutes Okay. Oh, okay. tight. It looked like it had the potential to like really overindulge itself, and I want to make sure that it wasn't doing that. Now, now we have a better chance of this being excited. Well, and in my research of imaginary friends, I found something interesting that originally that there hasn't been like a great deal of psychological uh, research being done in, in into this. Mm-hmm. But when they first started to look at it, it is said that imaginary companions were originally described as being supernatural creatures and spirits that were thought to connect people with their past lives. Mm-hmm. So they could go any number of ways with this. They could just go standard imaginary friend that, you know, typically they arrive around the age of seven and they leave by age nine usually, but it's being recalled and now interfering and possibly like you're suggesting uh slowly twisting or transforming yeah the until, main character. until the imaginary friend is like looking at you like oh you're the imaginary friend right, right. yeah or they could take it you know slapstick it could go drop dead for ed mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's yeah the, the classic uh you know uh, psychological uh, study yeah horror version of drop dead fred is is what we're possibly looking at here but, I mean, hey, what I will say is that uh, with 20 reviews, it is holding at 90% on Rotten Tomato. Okay. Is this, an, uh, this is like the producers of Mandy. They didn't mention any directors in there. This looks like the kind of vein of uh, like Enter the Void. And um, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah, that was how you got, you got pretty jacked and then uh, got really disappointed. I didn't get disappointed. I never saw it. <clears throat> That's that's what I felt like this might happen to this movie is that I might get really excited about it and then just never see it. I thought you saw Into the Void and said it was like 60 minutes of dumb. Uh-uh. Oh. Uh, this guy who directed oh, this. Oh, no, I saw The Void. Oh, not, The Void. Not Enter the Void. Yeah. Oh, Enter the Void. Oh, you mean that drugged up one that goes into yeah. like twisty turny that, that, That's the one that I feel like is in this vein. Oh, my God. No, the Void, that horror movie. But yeah, that was garbage. Um, there's not a lot of history here with this guy with directing. He directed a movie called Some Kind of Hate. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this an excited, and uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. It actually doesn't have really anything to do really with the trailer, even though the movie looks like it's quality and probably pretty crazy. Probably going to be a good watch, especially if it's 90 minutes or a little over. Um, this is made by Shutter, and I was just talking about Shutter the other night because after your mainstream sort of streaming services, your Netflix and your Prime and your Hulu, after those big guys, there's a whole like racket of smaller streaming services that are all trying to vie for your dollar. <clears throat> None of them. Uh, I've checked out a lot of them, and I, I can vouch that Shutter is by far the best. If you have all those other mainstream sort of uh, or those most mainstreaming services, and you're looking f- to pick up another one, Shutter is the one to go for. If you're looking for an indie one or a mini one or whatever it is, it's five bucks. They have like the best. They 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 specialize in horror movies, but they have like the best choices of horror movies constantly that they have up available. And not just like in one genre or subgenre of horror of all the genres. Like they have a good feel for the genre and they always make good choices. And then now they make their own material as well. So they're making all these Shutter originals and it's it's quality. It's low budget, but it's getting bigger and it's very high quality and it's very high concept. And it's just, I, I support Shutter a lot. So the fact that I saw that, that they were tied to this, I'm going to give it better than the doubt and stay excited. Elijah Wood produced this. There you go. He's all in. He's That's his thing now. 
yeah he does a does a podcast as well with some guy he's like the horror he's trying to bring horror with all his uh his money i'm interested his lord of the rings money is being put into making horror films burning hole in his pocket uh i'm interested in this idea after preparing for this podcast and reading a lot about imaginary friend stuff i'm kind of i'm interested in this and i also want to go go and watch jojo rabbit as well because uh, both of them are dealing with imaginary friends and uh, i'm uh it has piqued my interest i am excited you've done a lot of research for this show are you secretly writing like an imaginary friend 24-hour le mans script yes in fact uh it also deals with interdimensional travel as well Oh, Does this uh, unfettered dose of millennial angst need a more adept conduit than this cartoonish misfire can muster? Ding dong. Well, then I would do it. If I just keep saying that over and over again, it's going to upset Daniel for English. <laughs> and uh, this is what is I can't tell if it's meta craftsmen, like they are writing in the fashion of which a millennial angsty person would write, <laughs> or if that they just diminished the value of everything that they just said by their horrible, horrible abuse of the English language. It's probably something that he gets applauded for. Mm. Yeah. But you, all, like all of his blurbs are like alliterative wrote. puke. Alliterative, alliterative, alliterate, no, alliterative vomit. Yeah. Alliterative vomit is right. Conduit, cartoonish, misfire, muster. Yeah. Ad- angst, adept. This guy basically just, you fill out a template. Yeah. Uh, intern, would you uh, care to be excited about this? Um, I should be. I should be. This seems like it's the only thing that's missing is that it should have been directed by the Daniels. Yeah. You know, I should have cameoed in it. Yeah. Just as a Daniel, I should have just been around the, around the movie in some, right. Well, you should have been the imaginary friend. Right. Yeah. Or Paul Dano or or Daniel Radcliffe. The the go-to for the imaginary friend, like what he, like what they come to me for what they think, you know, what would you do? What would you do in this scene? I I tell, I tell them as a father, what would you, (laughs) well, before he, what would you do? Um, I'm going to say I'm excited. This has uh, got independent film done the right way, written all over it, I think. I'm I'm ready to enjoy this 93 minutes of film. Excellent. Trailer number four is The Good Liar. Good liar. Here we go. So tell me, have you done this a lot? Met people on the computer service? Don't you find it's always the same? You mean the anticipation followed by the letdown? I tell myself, brace up. This time it will be different. Which is why I must now confess to you a deception in my part. My name is in fact not Brian, it's Roy. To the future. How much do you think she's worth? Nearly three million pounds. You even take the lot? You bloody bet I'm going to take it all. Is that your grandson? It's too soon to be getting so close to him. I've grown very fond of you. 
do you know who you are? You're the only person on this planet who makes me feel that I'm not alone. I know things about you. Who you really are. You don't want to do this, Roy. It's the game. It's the adrenaline rush. What if it is? Seems like you've had quite a past. Enough to last several lifetimes. And just a blink, your life's cherished forever. You know, it's very peculiar doing things you'd never imagined. Secrets between you, God, the devil, and the dead. You don't know him! Nathan, we're excited. Well, I mean, we've got two heavyweights here with Helen Mirren and Ian McKellen. An hour and 49 minutes, rated R, um, apparently for the elder abuse amongst elders. (coughs) (coughs) The elders, the old people fighting each other. Got it. Yep. Uh, First feature film collaboration for Mirren and McKellen. Never been in a movie together. Seems strange. Um, So what's the outcome here? Is the good liar, I mean, they're setting it up like it's him, but that means it's obviously her. Right. Like, maybe, the, the, do you mean this, does this have the exact same plot as uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not, is it him or is it her? It's them. Well, he develops, um, He, he here, here's what it is. He develops dementia, forgets that he's a con man, they live happily ever after. You satisfied with that ending? So it's like, remember? <laughs> that was a great movie. Um, so the comment here is the the more we learn about the main characters, the less we believe they do the things they do. Which so is you concerning. just went and told us that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily something you have to guess. We're just having a oh. conversation. Would you chill out? 60, <laughs> 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's what it's saying. It's saying that the main characters, the le- the more they do, the less we believe that they do those things. So... Does that mean that McKellen, like they, they do kind of like a an, an incline and a decline in terms of their characters? She becomes more of a liar and he becomes less of one? I, I guess so, that, because him being the like con man, that seems pretty reasonable and mm-hmm. likely. So that seems like something that he would do as a character. So it must be something that has, that has to do with Mirren or the other characters, something that's out of the sort of them. I feel hesitant about it. I think it's going to be a waste of time. Yeah, it's got that vibe. So just out of curiosity, when this escalates into a cat and mouse game with ultimate stakes, do you care less because they're knocking at death's door already? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But do I care more because Helen Marin mm. is attractive no matter what age? It is true. Yeah. She has that goal where like, I guess I'll just jerk off to you until you die. Why? Why is she still so sexually appealing why is she so yeah let's delve into this i agree well so appealing. Is, does it, is, is it because she hasn't had that much work done that she keeps some of that natural appeal i think she's just managed to own her age yeah and that yeah, right. uh, there wasn't any devastating wrinkles that changed her look there's some people where the wrinkles come 
and it changes their look significantly. Right. Like uh, Mel Gibson. You look at Mel Gibson. I mean, only Mel's uh, only Mel knows Mel. I'm not ragging on him, but I'm saying if you look at young Mel, he's like smoking, handsome fellow. If you look oh, at yeah. old Mel, then those creases in the in the in the forehead and uh, around the mouth area are like, wow, dude. Like you are oh, just yeah. you're gonna get old fast. Yeah, young Mel is like young Mel is like an eager like mechanic. The 1940s, like an air, like an aviation mechanic, and then, uh, yeah, and then elderly uh, Mel is, uh, I don't know, like uh, Alec Baldwin with shorter hair and more conservative values. <laughs> I don't know where you get these fucking <laughs> descriptors. <laughs> like if somebody has two, like I guess maybe the blend of um, her facial features are all very moderate, so her aging has been moderate as well. So the face has always been cute. When she was young, she was she was cute. As she's gotten older, she's remained cute, symmetrical, or with her face has continues to have symmetry. And, and then her her body is always has has remained shapely as well. She's done very well managing her her weight. She's kept it the same. She hasn't bailed all over the place. Right. <laughs> she hasn't changed a damn thing that she's done since she was a teenager. I bet she just eats whatever she wants to eat and doesn't do anything out of like out of moderation and just keeps things relatively normal. And there's no big secret to it. Mm-hmm. Just uh, as a dame, mm. she just loves broccoli. And uh, Ian McKellen is a sir. They're sir and dame. Yes. All that shit is fictitious and stupid they anyway. They their fake royalty. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like everybody's obsession with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. I can't uh, believe I care about that. how many people pay attention to that nonsense. It is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I I want this to be thrilling. I want it to be fun. I, I really hope McKellen gets a chance to like be a real devious bastard in this, and there's some good shit that comes out of it. There's just something about it that rings. This trailer's duped me somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's duped me, but it's duped me. There's a twist here that we're not going to care about, and it's going to play it safe and... Yeah, and it'll have this like British thing that people in Britain will love, and we'll be like, "Don't care." Right? There's something. That, yeah, I feel boring that they're not <laughs> coming out of this. Worried? And it's just been sad watching the, these two old actors get puppeted around on different talk shows and in, in marketing for this film. <clears throat> oh, it's good that I don't have TV. Yeah. It's- are you going excited here, uh, intern? Or are we? Is it? Is yeah. It- if Helen Marin's in it, I'm excited. It doesn't matter what. Yeah, All right. we know that you have a boner, but I yeah, right now, <laughs> just throbbing, excited. Okay, enough. Okay, all right. Got a real Helen Mirren in my pants right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Five hole. Here we go. The report. Here we go. After 9-11, everyone was scared. Scared it might happen again. It was my second day of grad school. Next day, I changed all my classes to national security. Morning, Dan. Morning, Senator. Have you seen the story today in the New York Times? Evidently, the CIA destroyed tapes of interrogations of Al-Qaeda detainees. I want to find out what was on the tapes and why they were destroyed. No paper. Paper is a way of getting people in trouble at our place. At our place, paper is how we keep track of laws. Last night I found this. 
He's detainee number 24. Have you guys used this thing before? No. We watched your video. They waterboarded him 183 times. Everything they got from him was either a lie or something they already had. If it works, why do you need to do it 183 times? Maybe when the report comes out, people will finally see that. I vehemently disagree with the narrative here. The United States does not torture. Dan, you need to be careful here. They can't destroy the documents. They can go after the next best thing, you. They claim they saved lives, but what they really did was make it impossible to prosecute a mass murderer. Because if what we did to him ever came out in a court of law, the case is over. The guy planned 9-11. We will not allow this to be covered the up. The intent is to gain intel, save American lives. History is written by the victors. We need to change our approach. How is that even ethical? Nothing could be further from the truth. Democracy is messy. If the Times had your report, we would print it tomorrow. No. If it's going to come out, it's going to come out the right way. Intern, worried or excited? Well, I have to confess, it seems like I swayed this into the lineup. Um, no, originally, it, the producers were going to go with Queen and Slim, but after watching the trailer again, it felt like a lecture. So they opted for the report. <laughs> uh, I am uh, I'm excited. And films that have to deal with uh, reporting like Spotlight or All the President's Men or The Posts, I feel like this is going to fit right in there. They knew and they let it happen. Um, did you hear the there was a, a throw in for A Few Good Men in here? Oh, with uh, how, how did she object? when he made fun of her in that. <laughs> I strenuously object. Oh, that didn't happen in here. He vehemently disagreed. I, oh, I was okay. making a... Your Honor, I strenuously inject. Oh, well, you strenuously disagree. Yeah, yeah. I made a connection with the vehemently disagree that wasn't there anyway. Sorry, and <laughs> sorry for interrupting in, in, in turn. I yield my time. Yeah, thanks. Uh, look at all these people. I... I I'm really happy with this whole cast. Uh, Levine's in here. Ham's in here. You know, Remet Benning is great. Driver's on a an upward spiral. Well, I hear the structure at least breaks up the really dry bits with the really upsetting bits. So that's something. Yeah. Michael C. Hall has his real hair again. Yeah. Uh, Tyranny's in here. Can't get enough. This whole cast is just fantastic. Hmm. Sounds like... Smells like an excited... I am excited yeah to read between these blacked outlines on this report well intern and daniel you know what else happened uh with this movie what at the sundance film festival it uh it received oh. a standing ovation for how long oh yeah how long if you don't care i don't want to see it <laughs> um I don't know how long. This got applause. Oh, we have have a differing opinion. Uh, Here's I'm going to throw in mine. Uh, This happened a long time ago, and uh, I think it's going to be a lot of people talking self-righteously about things and passing paper to each other. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. It's an hour and 59 minutes. And I think I think I'd rather watch Spotlight. I think I'm worried. All right. 
Well, I'm, I'm definitely worried as well. And it has nothing to do with the cast. The cast is great. I actually agree with all the uh, cinematic um, points that, that in turn made. Uh, I hope that it is enjoyable in some way. I, I love Driver. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm actually kind of shocked by how much I love Driver. I think he's kind of become one of my favorite actors, period. Um, <clears throat> it's this. I'm sorry, Mr. Bezos and your Amazon empire and your complete ingratiation with the American government. If you think for a second, I'm going to believe whatever you produced has any iota of non or unbiased, non-agenda forming anything. <laughs> he didn't produce it. doesn't matter. They got Amazon on it. They bought it at Sundance. Somebody else made it and he bought it. Yeah. And I'm sure the, the Lear Foundation came in and they all had a little, uh, little snip here, a little snip there. I just, it's, my problem is this. Yes, all this shit is probably makes for a great film all this deceit and uh, subterfuge and scandal and my problem with these kind of films in their expose of all this is always the way that it's framed which is that it's like oh here's america this big evil country that tortures people and then tries to hide it oh i'm sorry is there no other country on earth that tortures people and tries to hide it is there no other country on earth that just straight up fucking tortures people and doesn't fucking hide it and glorifies it it's all this hoity-toity fucking nose-up-in-the-air bullshit the way they frame these things that I can't handle. That's why I, I'm completely, utterly fucking worried hmm. that I gotta sit and watch. Oh, how evil, how bad, how evil. Of course it is. Of course it's fucking evil. But you think this this is solo? You think this happens by itself in a vacuum? You think America's the only one doing this? Get the fuck out of my face. That's <laughs> <laughs> a thought. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> That's that's all aside from everything else. I think it's good. The actors are good. I think even like the expose, the investigative reporting that, that should go on and things like this is great. I support all of that. I support everything that is conceptually grounded in this movie. I just don't believe it will be framed in any sort of reasonable or even half true way. That's fair. That's fair. And that is episode one hundred and nineteen. Oof. We had to kick some of the kick some of the cobwebs off and <laughs> knock, knock some of that rust to grit down, but uh, we made it. I would like to announce what the next. Uh, I don't. I don't know who's aware. I mean, the cool billion might be, may or may not be still listening to us with the amount of consistency that we've been having. <laughs> well, I guess people would still keep listening after I'm gone. I never really considered that. Right? I mean, yeah. When when you're not involved in an episode, do people like look at it and they go, "Oh, Daniel's not on." Yeah. I'll skip this one. We don't know. Unsubscribe. Don't, yeah, we don't know what's happening. <laughs> but we started to do a side project called Trailer Park. Preach. And uh, Preach means appreciation. So we appreciate movies. And um, we started with A Few Good Men. If you haven't listened to it, please do. It's a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun breaking Freaking down. No women allowed. Yeah. 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 We had a lot of fun listening to Jack Nicholson uh, tell stories about superior officers giving blowjobs and then when Demi Moore tried to interrupt him he said excuse me I am your superior officer (laughs) it's great Um, you know if you don't listen to it you could be galactically stupid yeah yeah galactically stupid yeah Uh, wow yeah listen to it there's a lot of fun things that we pull apart (laughs) and at the end of each episode we're we're flipping a coin and seeing um, we, we flipped a coin to see who picks next it's me I get to pick the next movie that we're appreciating then the intern and we're inviting Daniel to take part if he wants to uh, to preach uh, a movie with us, but I think it'll depend on the on the movie. So, I'm going to announce the next preach episode will be. Her pussy gets so wet you can't believe it. 
Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. I don't want to know that. A few months before the election, she'd gotten herself in a little trouble with my best friend, Dave Novotny. <laughs> election. Oh, you know what just happened? What? I bought a different movie, but on the side note, I do have the Criterion edition of Election. That's <laughs> well, the one Criterion I want. Uh, so we're going to set it up and uh, knock it down. Dan, if you want to participate in celebrating Election. Pussy, it's so <laughs> <laughs> I just love I just I love that I love everything about election, but really I'm just gonna come back just for the scene where Broderick gets stung by the bee. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit! Fuck! Oh, shit, fuck! Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. We're not talking about morals. We're talking about ethics. What's the difference? <laughs> uh, there's so many things in that movie that uh, connect to it to itself. It's fantastic. And we're gonna check it out and uh, clip the shit out of it and have a lot of fun talking about it and. Uh, that might be the next episode you hear, or we might be doing a uh, a second edition of Nicolas Cage Lost Trailers, because there's some crazy-ass bonkers shit that that man is creating, and it is all either just recently been put out or on its way, so... Yeah, talked about a man that deserves some preach. Exactly, exactly. But, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you when those things happen. Good night, gentlemen. Good night, children. Good night, Faja. Hmm. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>